Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to the Friday episode. My question is this, Sam. What would the reaction be if it had been announced that the Taliban were buying Newcastle United? Well, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, you know, if if the Taliban did it, but then said, and we have already done preliminary talks with Kylian Mbappe and he's probably going to sign in January, then you'd be like, well, the Taliban have done some bad shit, but at the same time, Mbappe is a canny player. And so, Mm. you know, Mm. some of the good, some of the bad. What if it was the Taliban, but they said we're going to spend three billion on players in the next five years? (laughs) I don't even know if you could spend three billion on players. Well, you could try, couldn't you? You could try. Mm. What if? What? But or, or, I don't know if the Taliban have got that kind of money. I'm not. Um, I'm not sure. I did see a shot of the guy. A shot. Uh, a photograph of the guy who's in charge of the Taliban, um, the Afghanistan National Bank now. Sir John Taliban. Uh, Sir John Taliban, and he was sat at his desk. I think he might have had his feet up, but he had a, a an automatic rifle in his hand. Um, have been an Uzi, um, and a printer. They always have that. Him behind him in the background so he was in charge of the bank so I don't know how much money they've got what if it was the Saudi Arabian um, public investment fund but they said they were going to run it on the same lines as Mike Ashley has run it for the last 14 years belt and braces yeah you know strong and stable kind of thing what then I don't know so so then you'd go these people are disgusting they're morally bankrupt get them out of Mm. our club right that's that's the, what the fans would say. In the same way that they were, they protested about Mike Ashley's zero hours contracts for his sports direct workers. Yeah. What's interesting? Well, I tweeted out Barney Roney, who, who is a really great writer in the Guardian. He he wrote um, a piece about it, which was reasonably right. well balanced. You know, it wasn't just like a, let's just fucking shooting fish in a barrel about Saudi Arabia, let's look at the nuanced debate. But obviously he comes down on the side of this is a disgrace to football. Mm. Um, but it, it's just what's funny is the comparisons that he uh, that he draws between the two regimes, shall we say. Um, this is it, right? He goes, <laughs> Mike Ashley's the, regime. I'll, re- I'll read it out, mate. I'll read it <laughs> out because I thought Go it was then. a very good piece of writing. He's going, in this light, the comparison with Ashley, the assumption that Newcastle has finally found its print seems to involve a degree of cognitive dissonance. Dissonance. I don't know what that means, but anyway, infuriating tracksuit vendor versus blood-stained dictatorship. Zero-hour sports shop contracts versus beheading 37 people in a single day. Hiring Dennis Wise versus bombing Yemen. Is it really obvious that one of these, the beheading one, is so much more desirable than the other? <laughs> I thought that was very funny, mate. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Uh, he's a good I mean, writer. 
obviously anything I say is going to be interpreted as being biased because I'm a Sunderland fan. Yeah. But fucking hell, uh, that fucking the fucking Premier League is done now. Mm. It's done. Mm. I mean, we had the six scab clubs a few months ago who were going to try and break away for the European Super League and basically just shit on the rest of football. That yeah. got swept under the carpet and forgotten about. They got a three million pound fine each and a slap on the wrist, and everyone's just forgotten about that now. Then this happens, and you've got—is um, it fair to call them a death cult? Yeah, the Saudi regime. You've got a death cult um, who have promised that the head of the death cult won't be involved in the running of Newcastle United. Now I don't know what kind of trust levels we can attribute to the uh, the death cult, but um, I suspect that, you know, he might be involved in the running of... Yeah, but in, a, in the, any the, case, the in any case, you have to, I suppose, look at... He, whether he's involved or not, he might be like, fuck this. I mean, as I understand it, this sovereign wealth fund is basically exists in order to make... There's a... There's a strategy in Saudi Arabia to make them not non-dependent on oil by 2030 yeah so what they do is they invest them their billions of pounds around the world mainly in the west in Mm. um liberal democracies where law protects property rights because in their neck of the woods arbitrary changes in property rights can happen all the time which means investing in bricks and mortar and so forth and land is not really worth it because all of a sudden some other fucker might come in charge and go, no, it's mine now, right? So they love putting money into... Like Trump went to Saudi Arabia and came back with billions of pounds of Saudi investment in the States. Yeah. And uh, I suppose what this flags up, and this is not stuff that I'm fucking... One thing I don't want to do is sound like I'm well-informed because I'm not. This is like literally stuff I've just... I've just read... No. I don't want to be one of these cunts who goes, well, actually, I know all about this. I don't. I just read some articles last night because I'm interested in the situation with Newcastle. Um, and what the reality is, is that this is the world. And so I think it's quite narrow to focus on... I've seen lots of... I tweeted that Barney Roney things and suddenly everyone's having a pop at Newcastle fans, right? That, to me, is a distraction, the Newcastle fans. Not their fucking... I'm not yeah. saying, oh, you're off the hook, but I mean... I'm not going to fucking run around pointing the finger at Newcastle fans yeah, because yeah, yeah. a fucking death cult has bought their club. If anything, yeah. I just feel deep sympathy. And I, that was, I mean, I felt, I said this at the time, I felt sympathy for the fans of some of the clubs who were going into the Super League too because I thought this reflects really badly. This it? is their yeah. club. The yeah. club really should be the fans' club. I'm not saying financially, like, you know, clubs like Barcelona, but I'm saying culturally it does belong to fans because if not what is it do you know what I mean mm. and it is a shame when things like this happen to your club right and so I'm, I, and also it's so narrow because we should be looking at the much bigger picture not just the Premier League but the country like so I've reading that the government have been during this six month hiatus when there was all sorts of investigations being done as to whether they were going to be legally allowed to buy the club right mm-hmm the government were working behind the scenes with the Saudis in order to smooth the path. And the reason is, is that the Saudi, these people are going to put lots of money into development in the Northeast generally, right? So a government 
who are, as we've heard this week at their conference, you know, they're, they're committed like the Conservatives are traditionally, it's part of their central philosophy, to small government, right? But they're also committed to this idea of levelling up, right? They want there to be investment in the country, but they don't want it all yeah. to come from taxing people, right? And that's fine. It's not something that you or I would agree with but necessarily, but it's that that is what Tories believe in, right? So they have to seek private money. But as a result of that, as various factors mean that we need more and more money because the overheads of a country like ours are, were fucking spiralling anyway because of the increased population, the ageing population. And that was before fucking Brexit and COVID, you know, piled on more financial pressure. It means that we are up for fucking anything as a country. And, yeah. and anything is for sale. Make no mistake, the United Kingdom, every fucking thing is for sale. And we are not fussed about who the customer is. Because ultimately, that is market forces. If you have a complete belief in pure market forces and and the inherent sort of justice that is doled out by the market, right, mm-hmm. then you're not going to have any fucking qualms about any cunt coming in because Thatcher or, or any of the people that she followed would have said, well, the thing is... You got to let anyone get involved, if and the market's fair because if people sufficiently object to the death cult buying this football club and investing in the local area, then they'll vote with their wallets and they won't go to the football club and they won't engage with any of the stuff that the Saudis are investing in. But of course, that's bollocks because a people want to go and watch their football club. Why shouldn't they? Right? They love it. They've grown up with it. And b if these cunts are building fucking houses for people who currently can't afford houses, people need a fucking house. If you need a house and you've got three kids and you, you're living in shitty rented accommodation and someone says, we, we've got this new housing you can live in, uh, you go, great, I need a roof over my head. And then they go, by the way, mm. just so you know, it's not a big deal, but it was built by a death cult. You go, yeah. do you know what? Fuck it, my kids just need a roof over their head, mate. You know, exactly. And that is what gonna- is wrong with... They're not going to worry about the the whys and wherefores of sports washing, which is what it is. A murderous regime indulging in a a global PR exercise. Football. um, Yeah, I mean, mean, yeah, if if fans do walk away, which I don't think many of them will. I mean, I I know a few Newcastle fans, and I know that a lot of them are really conflicted about this. Yeah. And the guy who was in charge of the the chairman of the, the NUFC Supporters Trust was on Newsnight last night, and he said, you know, we're football fans. We haven't got any say in any of this. We don't have any agency in it whatsoever. It happens, and then we just we just turn up and watch a football team. Yeah, and I can see his point of view, but at the same time, if it was my team, I'd fucking walk away. I, 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 I hand on heart, I can't. I don't, I'm not going to say what I would do if it was my team because I I just don't know until it happens. I don't know. Mm. It's like a lot of things. It's like people say, it's like, like oh, you know, if your partner cheated on you, what would you do, right? And mm. people go, ah. I'd, that would be it. I'd walk away. But there were yeah. there were relationships all over the world where that doesn't turn out to be the case because life's more complicated. Yeah, and that's quite a good it's quite a good analogy because it is without being too overblown about it. It's uh, it's it is about love, isn't it? It is like love the relationship between a fan and their club, and it's been your whole life. Like you've been going since you were a kid, and mm. you love it. I think celebrating in that kind of great, the witch is dead, 
you know, the the king is dead, long live the king. Oh, this is fucking great. We got Ash out, these guys, great. I would be more measured than that, right? Because all the celebrating and wearing the fucking headdresses, that that is not a good look, in my opinion. But, you know, people, bad people, your club is up for grabs to any cunt. That's the fucking shame of it. That's the passion of the Geordie fans, though, isn't it? That's the notorious passion of the Geordie fans. Yeah. The, 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 The steps of St. James's Park... They're always up on been, them fucking steps. Why, uh, they, why uh, have they uh, got meet, steps meeting anyway? place when, when moments of greatness and joy or badness happen, you know, that everyone congregates on the steps yeah. of the big, uh, the big cathedral on the hill. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, I mean, that's, that's now one third of the Premier League is now just fucking repugnant. Your six Super League clubs in Newcastle Um I'd look, you know, I've said this before. I'd love to see at some point a team win the championship and just decline their invitation in the Premier League and just say, you know what? No. Norwich would be a perfect example. Norwich have gone up twice in the last three years playing really good football, giving their fans loads to shout about. And both times they've been in the Premier League, it's been a fucking but, ordeal. But the, the and problem a grind is, it's it's a, gone they're down. all businesses, right? Aren't yeah, they? but no, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But they, they get the fucking Premier League money and then they go down again. And they've yeah, caused and they continue to so get many it. clubs, it's caused more problems to go down and have to deal with massive wages. Yeah, but and that's, fun- that's, that's, the, the that's them not running it properly. I mean, there are clubs who make a, oh, an on. actual. How, how many fucking clubs are run properly in football? Yeah, exactly. No, none, none of them are. They're all basket none. cases. Yeah, because they all overspend, and that's often mm. because, as we talked about the Super yeah. League, there's like fucking fans who are everyone's obsessed with more, 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 excess, 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 yeah. growth, growth, growth. So it's really hard to run it like a business, but that's what they aspire to do. But this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I'd like to see a club that's run well by Delia Smith. If mm. there's anyone who can run a football club properly, it's Delia Smith. I'd love to see Norwich. Running just a see, football you know club is very much like baking a cake. You yeah. need I'd love to first. See, you I'd need love to your see eggs. A- I'd love to see her just say, we've won the championship and we're going to stay here. We'll do it again next year. And the fans will love it and we'll win yeah, every yeah, but week. You know what? Premier that, League. Mate, that is done and it might be what she's doing because if you go up and then just go down and you do that repeatedly, that actually is a good business model. It's not yeah, very good it's, for it's the great. fans, yeah. but it's a very good business model because you get your money for your season there and then you get your parachute yeah. money for two years afterwards. And when that parachute money starts to run low, or it's at the, you're at the end of your parachute, practically. You go back up again, yeah, and you yeah, do exactly. it all over again. And it's actually the most sensible way to run yeah. a business of, of that size. Do you know what I mean? The, the yeah, worst totally. business model is probably like teams like, I suppose, Tottenham, um, or the, the classic example would have been Leeds United under Peter Risdale, is when you're sort of like a medium or, you know, upper medium-sized club, Right. So you're not quite in the elite elite, uh, but you can bob along nicely in the sort of top eight, right, if you'll run well. But then you decide to shoot for the moon by spending beyond your means on a mm. gamble that will pay off by getting you into the Champions League and you get in the revenue from that. And you're sort of almost bullied into it by fans, which, again, I don't condemn because I always... I'm, I want West Ham to fucking go out and buy star players, really. I mean, you know, we're all kids, really, when, we, when it comes to football. We want our team to win everything. And, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, it's, 
it what what's really a shame is that football is is a business it's a badly operated business but it's a business and money fucking talks and that sounds very trite and cliched and simplistic but unfortunately it's just fucking true and it's just part of a bigger issue which is the fucking uh, you know the what the the world and the fucking system we live under generally what would be nice if it was if football was regarded more as a cultural part of our cultural fabric that's what these football clubs are right and and therefore they should be non-profit organizations right that mm. local authorities could be involved in, fans could be involved in. And if you take away the profit incentive, then football would be a different sort of a game. Are you saying that we should nationalise football? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, oh, yeah, football I, plays I, I, a I really like... important part in our lives. And one thing I would say about money being in football is that the quality of what you see now, I would say, is unequivocally better than the quality of what we saw when we were kids in, in oh, numerous totally, yeah. different ways, right? Yeah. However, what I would also say is that when football was lower quality, people still fucking watched it. They did. They did. And it was... It, it, there were more, um, if you like, mistakes and there were more errors. And it yeah, was and more, it had a different type of charm. Uh, more of a soul to it, if you like. That's why it had I a different sort the, of a I charm to the, it. I enjoy watching the big match revisited on a Saturday exactly. morning. And I, Muddy it pitches. Was West, it was West Ham versus Bolton last week, right. and the, on the on the touchline, one of the advertising hoardings was for the Baron Knights. Do you remember the Baron Knights? Yeah, yeah. The fucking uh, comedy musical group from the the sixties and seventies and early eighties. There was an advert for the Baron Knights. Advertised advertisement for their residency at the Circus Tavern. <laughs> Lovely. That was coming up the month after. Yeah, I mean, this is the sort of stuff that we really all talk about as well. I mean, Mm. you know, you you, say like, you know, you're on Talk Sport or Five Live or whatever, and the kind of constant grind of tedious Premier League gossip or was that a penalty or who's going where is kind of, to me, quite dry and bland. Whereas Mm. the real fun is when, you know, you hear, like, when Baker and... Danny Baker and Danny Kelly used to do their phone-ins just about the weird ephemera of football, which was always nostalgic, because the weird shit about football... I mean, what's that fantastic book that um, the bloke who who your mates with, Nigel Tassel, did... Uh, that- oh yeah, about watching sports TV in the eighties. Yeah, but also wasn't there? Was it him who did the the a book that's sort of like a picture book with lots of old sort of funny, old nostalgic sort of like merchandise and weird shit? No, that was somebody else. That was oh, the, sorry. The, the got not got. Got not got, got, not got that's it. Yeah. Right, you look yeah. at that and you think, yeah, this is why I fell in love in, with football, really. We still talk about Panini stickers more than we talk about anything that's going on now, like Cristiano Ronaldo's fucking boots, which is probably what our kids are into, to be honest, but, you know. Well, uh, mean, anyway. This is that, that's what happened with this podcast. We, we wanted to start doing a football podcast and we realised really quickly that talking about football fucking doesn't carry any weight whatsoever. There's nothing... There's nothing to be gained from talking about football, so we end up talking about other shit. And now, but I mean, obviously, now we've talked about yeah. football for most of this. Here we are, so accidentally far. talking about football again. But um, yeah, I don't forgot anything else to say about it. But the Premier League is just. Uh, I, mean, I mean, we'll see what, what, happens, what happens, but next? it's a bad what, precedent. What, what happens next? Do, do three more huge conglomerates or nation states or whatever invest in the Premier League, and then you've got ten 
if you want to call them cunt clubs. You've got ten, and and three of them aren't even going to qualify for Europe. They're going to come in the top ten each season, and three of them there'll be no. Well, that's why they'll change the rules, though, mate. They'll change the rules because clubs of that wealth are not going to accept a situation where there's a high risk they won't get into Europe, and therefore the Super League will return in some other slightly more palatable form that will guarantee all of the richest clubs a place at the top table every year. In it, and then, then the competitive edge of it will be removed, which is what they were trying to do with the Super League anyway. And then, you know. And then, to be honest, we these decisions about shall we follow our club or shan't we will ultimately be made for a lot of us because... Going back to what you said about okay, you you say you wouldn't go to Sunderland. I believe you wouldn't, but I'm I I can't be sure that if some Saudi took over West Ham tomorrow, I wouldn't carry on going because I'd miss too much about the things that I like going for. It would be really hard mm. to stop. And even if I did stop going, I'd I wouldn't be able to just switch off and stop watching them on the box or following no, the I would, scores. I would, I would watch from afar. But it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the yeah. same. Well, I'm in, I'm in a situation now where my son is nearly 14 and we go together. Yeah. And it's like, in a few years from now, he'll want to go with his mates. So then yeah. do, do I even keep going after that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But I will say it's international weekend this weekend. If you've got a non-league club near where you live. Yeah, that's, the, that's the thing that I think is that I can imagine the appeal of going to non-league Mm. The football's awful, but it's fun. The shame for me is Brentford have decided. <laughs> I, mean, I always had a local shit club, right? Who who Brentford. meant something to me, and that was Brentford. You know, I, I grew yeah. up. I've said loads of times, but I like literally next door to fucking Griffin Park, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've always had that. And they, for a long time, they weren't even in the Championship; they were in League One. But I haven't got them as an option anymore because yeah. They're, in the um, Premier League now. In the Premier League, and I've got a really good ground, which I've been to, and it's great. And but they're just too—they're too proper now, and too they slick. just fucking beat us as well. I was sick. Anyway, uh, before, in better news than further. all of that, which goes yeah. some way to rebalancing the cosmos today. Yeah. Um, Tears for Fears have got a new track out. I don't know if you've heard yeah, it. I have. It's great, really it? good, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's also got a wonderful video in which mm-hmm. Roland and Kurt, despite the fact that, I don't know how old they are, they're certainly both older than us. The, by they're good, 60. Yeah. They're 60. Right, yeah. they're 60, and they're fucking living out loud, mate. Yeah. It gives me it's hope. Great. It's nice to see older men who are still living out loud because it makes you feel more hopeful about your own future. And they've made a great song, which is, you know, it, I would say in line with their oeuvre, but it's also fresh. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. not like they've just got... I think it reminds me quite a lot of Radiohead, Tom York, right? The production on yeah. it, right? Uh, but the video is wonderful. First of all, they spent quite a lot of money on it, which most people don't bother doing anymore because videos aren't really a big deal like they once were mm. in MTV's and Top of the Pops' heyday. The second thing is the two lads, particularly Roland, who looks like fucking Father Christmas... Right. His long white hair, yeah. He is fucking <laughs> having it massive style in the video, right? Yeah. And he's not putting it on. It's pure passion. And I look at him, I think, look at that cunt. 60 years old, he's never lost the fucking passion for the music. He's fucking, yeah. he doesn't give a fuck that he looks like Santa Claus. He is like, 
he's hypnotised by his own music in the video. He's mm-hmm. going mental. And it seems to be all about death, which is classic Tears for Fears subject. It's mm-hmm. Classic Tears for Fears territory, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's an interview with them in The Guardian the day, online as Someone well. Someone just sent it to me, but I haven't looked yet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good, but it's also really harrowing as well because he talks about the death of his wife. Oh, I knew that what? his wife had died a few years when? ago. Yeah. Oh, no. She died about three years ago, three, four years ago. And it was announced at the time that she died. Yeah. But they didn't go into the details, but it turned out that she had um, um, she had the menopause and then that led to depression and she was on medication, but she was a drinker, but oh. she wasn't supposed to drink with the tablets that she was on. He was a drinker as well. And right. he says that he didn't realise that um, women don't, um, can't take drink as much as men can and all of yes. this and it just and that led to dementia and it oh. sounds absolutely horrific what he's been no wonder his hair's white put it that way yeah put it that way but yeah. um, so th- there's all of that going on fucking hell well he's he always says, been a very emotional and sort of deep thinker hasn't he anyway yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm desperate to get him on the reset by the way I'm, oh yeah that would be really it, good yeah. yeah I mean I don't know whether I'd be able to but it would be I it might have a contact. Oh, I really? Have a contact. Oh, oh, we'll do some admin so off air. I'll, I'll do a bit of that afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. He'd be, he'd be ideal. Jalapeno. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes. Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. Talking of the reset, um, as you know, Andy, I had what can only be described as an ugly incident this week with a minor <laughs> celebrity. Yeah. And I told you about it, and I said, I won't talk about it on there. And you said, oh, maybe you should. So I, I will, but I'm going to be very careful about the identity because I don't want to start a personal beef with the person. But I will share it because I'll tell you this, Andy. Mm. We were laughing about it, weren't we? Because it, it was funny. Yeah, but at the same time... Sort of. I'll, I'll be honest with you, mate. It le- left a, a nasty taste in my mouth. Not just about the individual, but just it was just sort of like it was a nasty. It was an ugly incident, and sometimes an mm. ugly incident. Maybe I'm getting more sensitive when I get older because I used to breeze through ugly incidents, relish them almost. Mm. Where I was like, oh, that really, 
shake shake me up is probably the wrong phrase. That's a bit over the top. But I thought, I don't know, it just made me feel like, I felt, oh, I feel right cunted off after that. It really bothered me for about 24 hours. Still bothers I, me now I, a bit. I mean, you can talk, talk it through if you want, but I think the reaction of the individual was uh, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the word unprofessional is, is, is applicable, but it was definitely unnecessary. Well, that's the word but they again, used against me. Not surprising, given what I know about the individual. Yeah, okay. So I'll be careful. I'm not going to say what this individual does. I'll say it's a man. I'll, I'm going to be very careful. I'm not going to say what he does for a living or whatever, right? But it's someone who, um, to some degree, in some aspects, I've been a fan of, right? And I I wanted him to come on the reset because I thought it'd be interesting. Now, the other important thing to know is, is that I've met this person a couple of times, not in a way that I necessarily expect him to really remember me, but I've met him in a professional capacity. In fact, I've interviewed him on the radio once, many years ago. And uh, I've even, I think, written nice things about this person before in the press. But in any case, that doesn't in, that doesn't mean I'm entitled to anything from them, by the way. Of course not. Mm. Um but I wanted to get in touch with this person to invite him on the reset, which is my mental health podcast, and I um, I got hold of of this person's personal number and dropped him a WhatsApp message saying I'm a big fan. That was my opening. Ga- I don't know if I ever showed you the message I sent to them. I know I showed you, you his did. responses. Yeah, you did, and it was quite gushing. I mean, it was mm. so gushing, I was almost embarrassed to show it to you, Andy. Right. But sometimes that's the style as Britain's best journalist. That's sometimes those are the techniques I use, right? But I said, honestly, I'm a big fan. This is a podcast I do. I think you'd be great on it. Here's why. And then I also sent him a thing, which I sent to lots of people. Here are some guests I've had on in the past to demonstrate the fact that there are other well-known people who've happily come on the show. So they, I don't know. So it shows it's like established, right? Yeah. You're not just pissing about. Yeah. This is the response I got back. How did you get this number, Sam? Right now, I would say I've been a journalist for close to 25 years, right? And certainly over the last 10 years, increasingly, it's you know, it's just the done thing in this fucking business that nowadays everyone's public and you're 10 times more likely to get a direct message, whether that's via social media or WhatsApp, than you are in the old fashioned route via a fucking, you know, I even I get that. I get people out of the blue sometimes fucking contacting me to go on the radio or something direct. I haven't got a fucking clue how they've got my number. But what I do know is I've had the same fucking mobile number for years. So mm. I'm aware that people will have it. I'm sure you get that too. People have got yeah. your... You're not fucking ex-directory, right? No. I bet be reached. Yeah. you will get messages from people by DM or via WhatsApp and you won't know who the fuck they are and you'll just think, yeah... My number's out there. Some cunt's got it. Fine. Well, it's, uh, sometimes I get things and I wonder how they've got my number. But I don't ask them. It's yeah. just, you know, people know people and they well, pass things on It's in the public domain, stuff. mate. It'll be someone yeah. you'll have given it to once or shared it with someone else and then after that, all bets are off. But so fucking what, really? As long as people are yeah. courteous and don't start trolling you, right? I mean, I know people who are famous, who sometimes do just get weird calls in the middle of the night from piss people laughing and going, is it really you? Oh, <laughs> and you God. just go, for fuck's sake, <laughs> fuck off. Right. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that, but oh. that is annoying. <clears throat> so I've messaged this guy. <clears throat> Very polite. Would you like to come on this podcast? This is what it's about. I'm a big fan of yours. You'd be great. Now, I'm perfectly happy for them to either A, ignore me completely, or B, say thanks but no. Mm. 
He said, "What's uh, where'd you get this number?" So I said, "Ah, we both worked at the same place, or whatever. We our paths crossed many years ago. I think I've always had it on my phone. I think I just had it on my phone for a long time. Can't remember who gave it to me." This is what he wrote back: "You should not do that shit, Sam. It is very unprofessional." <laughs> and I'm thinking, "Well, all right, but fuck me." A few months ago, I had the fucking Prime Minister's fucking WhatsApp number, right? And so did half of the other fucking journalists in the UK. And any cunt could fucking text him. And to be honest, before he went to number 10, he would fucking get back to you as well, right? <laughs> to use one example, right? So people aren't as precious. And I did think, fuck me, mate. I've got numbers of people, numerous people, a million times more famous than you on my phone. Shit on you. I wouldn't say that because that's a cunt move, right? But I did think it. I thought, fucking hell, mate. It's not like you're the fucking queen, right? You're not the head of MI6, yeah? Right? You're just some bloke, right? And he's like, how? And it was really like, ultimately, how dare you contact me directly, right? And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I could go for your agent. To be honest, I couldn't find another number. But I'm really sorry if, if it feels like an intrusion. This is what he wrote back. This was the final kick in the balls. <laughs> you should never, you can never contact me ever again, Sam. And then this, understand? Question mark, right? Which I took as a bit threatening almost, right? Understand? So I could have said, listen, mate, don't think I'm some fucking mug. I'll put my Stone Island on now. Come round your fucking rig and spark you, you fucking flash But I didn't say that. Right, I could have said it and I could have done it, but I just said, "Fair enough, apologies, all the best, all the best," which all I thought was quite a good power play. God bless, lots of love, kiss, kiss, <laughs> go well. All right, Duchess, calm yourself, Dad. Don't piss your knickers. <laughs> I was only asking. A straight no would have been sufficient. Don't make me come round and give you a smack, body. <coughs> right. But I didn't say any of that because that would have been childish and would have escalated the matter. And ultimately, the person did feel as if it was intrusive and that is fair. If he felt it was intrusive, he felt it was intrusive. And now I know. But I did feel that the reaction was a bit aggressive and it did leave a nasty taste in my mouth, Andy. Yeah, because he's a cunt. If that person had just ignored your text, would you have followed it up with another text? Or would no. you have just thought, no, no, no exactly, no, no, no. exactly. Yeah. Definitely not. I never thought, follow yeah. if it's silence, unsolic- silence speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. If I get if I go to someone and I don't know them and I haven't really contacted them before and I get no reply, that's it. If I know them and I don't get a reply, I'll sometimes yeah. follow up and go, Oh, did yeah. you see this? But if I didn't know them, that's it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And also equally, mm-hmm. I'd be happy with a very blunt no thanks, right? That's fine. Mm-hmm. But fuck me, unbelievable. Um Fucking hell, someone just keeps calling me incessantly. Uh, Is it him? So anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it could be. So, um, yeah. So that was that, just getting that off my chest. Um, before we... Um, oh, we've got some predictions to do. Yeah. But before we go... We, well, we'll do the predictions first. It's International Weekend, obviously, and these have been randomly chosen from the weekend's upcoming football matches. Um, I'll let you go first. Turkey versus Norway. 
Don't know why I find that funny. Well, no, you, the listeners don't know, but you pulled a weird face that it was hard for me to interpret, but it was just amusing. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously your Turkey versus Norway face that I've never seen before because we've never discussed it in all our years. We've discussed most things, but we've never discussed this fixture. We haven't. Might get Always a T-shirt new ground that just says Turkey podcast. versus Norway, question mark. <laughs> um, that's the episode title. <laughs> You know what? I think Turkey are going to edge this. <laughs> I think it's going to be close. <laughs> I think mean, Turkey are going to edge it 2-1, mate. 2-1 to Turkey. Yeah, the home advantage is a big thing, isn't it? I think this will be 1-1. Especially in the cauldron atmosphere of Istanbul, yeah, mate. Welcome to hell. So. Yeah, I've gone 1-1, but I'm not sure now. But I've said it. I've said it. Um, Czech Republic versus Wales. I'll go first on this one. Um... I think it's going to be 1-0 to the Czech Republic. Sorry, Wales. Sorry, Wales, but obviously I'm a huge Czech Republic fan because an increasing number of West Ham's squad are from the Czech Republic. Republic. So I'm going to have to say 2-0 Czech Republic. 2-0 Czech Republic. Moldova versus Denmark. Oh, what a clash. Actually, uh, just a side note, I'm thinking of taking the uh, fam over to Copenhagen for New Year. All right, okay. Well, because... Any reason why? Yeah, because this country is fucked. And I, yeah. you know me, I'm always thinking that I have to move to Denmark, right? Denmark, yeah. famously the world's best country. Mm-hmm. But I've only ever been to Denmark once, and that was, on to, that was only for like 20 minutes when I had to feed that shark and go in a theme park, which was yeah. obviously amazing. But, you know, I need more. So I thought, oh, Copenhagen must be nice around Christmas time. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking of doing that. Just thought I'd let Go you know. I think I might have identified a town in Spain where I want to live, but that's all I'm saying. Oh, in Mallorca? <laughs> nah, not Mallorca, nah. Oh, I'm in Mallorca. South East Coast. Oh, okay. Well, not actually, it's not actually near the coast. It's about half an hour from the coast. But To be clear, my Denmark plans are pre-retirement. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've said to Len, but he's really not into it, I think we need to go to Denmark now, mate. We yeah. need to evacuate. This is mm. like Scum Island, and we need to evacuate mm. now, right? Mm. And he's Start like, a new life before bollocks. it's too late. Yeah. yeah, in a Lego house. But he's like, nah, and so am I. I'm all right here, thanks. Daughter. Everything seems fine here for me. Seems fine to me. I'm just being a fucking kid. My school's at the top of the road. I literally just go out the front door, walk up there, fuck about, then come back again. I mean, what's not to like? The telly's all in English. It's great. He comes back, he gets it, yeah. changed straight into his pyjamas, makes a cup of tea and a crumpet, and then sits down for a bit of FIFA. Can't argue yeah. with that lifestyle. Can't at all, can you? The fuel, the so fuel crisis isn't touching the cunt. <laughs> and it'll get him. It'll get him eventually. And anyway, just a quick, quick shout yeah. out as well to the Bear Tent Lens podcast, which is now available yes. everywhere. Yesterday we had a great Ask Lens session. And mm-hmm. someone dropped a beauty of a question, which was, is there an equivalent to James Bond in the Leniverse? Ooh. Right. And I, when I saw mm-hmm. that question drop first thing before he even went to school, I was like, fucking great. There is. His name is Gary Childs. <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. He, he's scruffier and not quite <laughs> as posh as James Bond. Right. Right. Yeah. I like he's, him. A t- he's a tiny bit posh, but not full posh. Right? right. I don't know what that means. Um, and he's got his first um, 
the film that he's, he's, he's done 40 films, so more than mm-hmm. James Bond. Mm-hmm. His film that's out at the moment has got a sensational <laughs> name. Just going to look it up here. Railway Knife. It's all set on a train. Fuck. So what's the plot? He goes, oh, well, man. The whole thing's set on a train and there's just loads of fights on this train. That was the plot Fucking summary great. he gave me. So uh, you should, yeah, subscribe to the Bear Tent because really? that kind of content's really good. On the next podcast, he will be revealing the theme tune, who's it's by and what the lyrics are. <laughs> anyway, Love it. Love it. I would say Moldova nil, Denmark one. <laughs> Fair enough. The name's Charles. I'll go two Gary nil. Childs. I'll go 2 0 Denmark. Uh, this is arguably the best fixture that the random generators produced for us. Gibraltar versus Montenegro. Wow. <laughs> Fucking um, hell. It's it's me to go first on this. I don't even know how Gibraltar do it. Are Gibraltar one of those where they just lose every game? I don't know. Because I'm kind of thinking nil nil, but then. I'll, I'll go 2-0 Montenegro. What's going on with Gibraltar politically? Weren't we supposed to... Um, oh, I don't know. Wasn't there a Brexit issue around that? I, I, probably. I'm just weary of it. I don't know. I don't okay. know. Okay, well, this I'm going to say, want, obviously, Montenegro are going to win this 4-0. 4-0. I mean, let's be right. honest, Montenegro is basically Yugoslavia, mate, more or less. Fucking yeah. a classic, a classic legacy footballing yeah. country. They are going to batter yeah. the Gibraltese. That's true. Um, finally, one more. It's the third place playoff of the Nations League: Italy versus Belgium Sunday afternoon. Oh, that's a cracking Sounds game. Tyson, doesn't it? Did you see uh, fucking Belgium versus France last night? No. I just saw the highlights on YouTube this morning because um, that's what we were doing over breakfast. Um, Fucking Belgium 2, France 3, with a last-minute winner, injury-time winner. Fucking hell, what a game. Belgium thought they'd won it. Belgium thought they'd won it, because Lukaku scored and it was disallowed. Drama-rama. Wow. Hot football. So that's the... Um, anyway, Italy-Belgium third-place playoff. I don't know how intense that'll be, but what do you reckon? Uh, Italy-Belgium... Italy are going to win this 2-1. 2-1 Italy. Uh, Belgium, Italy, I think this will be 1-1 after 90 minutes because that's what it'll be. That's the predictions. Uh, I won't be going to the ox roasting in Hortonly Spring at Horton Feast mm. tomorrow as I have learned that it is not actually an ox that's been roasted but a series of beef joints. Uh, I am not queuing for a common How garden beef sandwich. How did you discover this? Because this sounds like quite a major... I mean, you know, it, it's. I saw you tweet about it and it really set off my journalistic radar because well, this, to me, See here. feels like a massive scandal that you have dug up and the national media need to have the attention brought to it. I, yeah, I think it was on their Facebook page. I saw it somewhere. But, um, well, I'm they just born. admitted it. By the way, yeah. it's beef, not ox. Where well, you have to, but <clears throat> ox is beef anyway, isn't it? Because it's a big cow, it's a man cow. So it still counts as beef. Well, they, it the also counts itself. as ox. So what's your problem? Yeah, but it's not an ox. They haven't got an ox on a spit. We haven't managed to get an ox. They've, they've, I mean, I don't know how they're cooking it. Are they doing it in an oven? Are they doing it on a grill? I don't know. But Imagine it's not if they just ox. cook it in a fucking pan with some stock. Mm. Yeah. It's not a full nah, ox. It sounds so like bullshit, mate. In it. fact, if you do go down there, you should go down there with the placard to protest. 
Yeah. I'm not I'm not adding fire to fire. You know, there's enough hate in the world already. But in the northeast it's a hotbed at the moment. It, there's all it sorts is, of drama. It is. it is. We need to cool it down. Finally, before we go, if we've got time, I went to Big and M last night to get some weed killer and they didn't have I any. Saw. So I've had to order some from uh, from Amazon. It's coming today though. Uh, I bought five different snack items. I don't know if you saw them or not. Cause I, I saw them all, mate. Well, I'll go through them with you. Tell um, me them, yeah. They're, they're, on me, they're on me Twitter and they're on me Instagram, <coughs> both Profanity Swan. I'll go through each one and you can give me marks out of 10 as to how enticed you are by the thought of each one. All right? Yeah. Number one, a six-pack of bags of Seabrook's Worcestershire sauce crisps. Lee and Perrin's official Worcestershire sauce. Not a fan so- of that flavour. Going to go four. Four out of ten. Mackey's of Scotland crisps, pigs in blankets, festive flavour. Assuming there's no real meat in it, which I very much doubt there is, I'm going to give yeah. that an eight. Good. Strong. Number three. A bag of Crawford's cheese savouries. Those little biscuits in different shapes. Yeah. Cheese flavoured. Now, the, the, um, the proof will be in the pudding with those, mate, because sometimes those cheesy snacks aren't cheesy enough. Do right. you know what I mean? They taste yeah. more like just yeah, get, crackers. Yeah. But yeah. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. If they're sufficiently cheesy to the level of, like, mini cheddars, I'll give them an eight, too. They're about the same level as mini cheddars, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, an eight, then. All right. Um, number four, limited edition four bar packet of Toffee Crisp Orange. Oh. Oh, now. Nine. Oh. I like <laughs> The older I get, the more I like orange chocolate. Well, this is the thing now. All of the different chocolate brands are bringing out limited edition orange versions. And Do you think it's like this them. is just so it's a trend? Mm, I think because I thought it was an age thing with me because I used to think that Terry's Chocolate Orange was like a load of bullshit for boring grown-ups when I was a kid. Now, if someone yeah. gave me a Terry's Chocolate Orange, I'd... I'm not saying Devour I'd it. climax, but I'd, I'd fucking eat it. You'd come quick. close. Yeah. You'd come close. <laughs> You'd definitely be erect. Um, the Terry's Oranges are a pound in B&M, by the way. Oh, um, I didn't know that. So Toffee Crisp Orange, nine. And finally, Mr. Kipling, eight after dinner, chocolate and orange fancies. Now, you know my feelings on this because when I saw them, I was so blown away, I actually had to tweet you. It sounded like (laughs) the most decadent and indulgent thing ever. In fact, part of me thought, fuck's sake, Andy, if I fucking bought those, you would rip the piss out of me for being a self-indulgent southern fucking decadent cunt right media slag yeah exactly classic Delaney eat them in the Groucho Club do you you cunt right (laughs) and now there's you up in the fucking Mm -hmm. office eating that which is the sort of stuff of that's like the sort of shit you'd expect those Saudis to be fucking stuffing their fat faces with to celebrate buying Newcastle however Mm -hmm. all of that said fuck me what an incredible treat and that is a nailed on 10 out of 10 snack. 10 out of 10. Actually, that touches upon something that was mentioned at uh, our good friend Dave Harper's funeral the other week mm. in the eulogy by his by his friend Ross. And he was talking about Dave's love of, his love of food, but his love of freshly prepared food and well-cooked food mm. and um, eating in nice restaurants and, yeah. 
you know, all that kind of thing. And as Paul Ross said, Dave's um, philosophy was that we should all we should all be able to live like Tories, but vote Labour, yeah, be socialists. And that is yeah. a fucking message. And that's that's what I've taken to the Mister Kipling after dinner yeah, chocolate. Yeah, okay, well fancies. that's nice. Yeah, you what you're doing is. You know, you're living out loud with a snack like that. Yeah, completely. Completely. You work hard. Why shouldn't you have a fucking Mr. Kipling... What is it again? Uh, after the... dinner, chocolate and orange fancy. Exactly. Why shouldn't you? You've earned Why it, mate. I? Have you tried well, one yet? I earned yet? it. Have you tried one yet? It. You've podded no, your fucking yet. art bollocks off all week. You deserve a treat. Have See you tried one? Weekend. Not yet, no. I've tried none of them. I'll try them all throughout today and over the well, weekend. Well, how do you know how cheesy those cheesy snacks are, then? Because you've had them before. Because I've had them before. Have you never had them before? They were like a staple I've of a had birthday them, but party. there's different Buffet brands of them. There's different brands of them. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I've had some. That, in, in, like, you, get, you get cheesy snacks. Like I know what yeah. they are because I've seen your picture. And you get different brands. You get like in-store ones, off-brand, whatever. And I've had them where they weren't sufficiently cheesy. And I've had them where they right. were cheesy. So that's what yeah. I was asking. Okay. All right, then. Um, I'll let you know on Monday how they all were. Um, And I think that's it from us. Um, We'll be back after the weekend. So, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 